0: Hello, and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the kingdom of God. Welcome back for another episode of Kingdom Conversations. This is a near and dear topic to my heart. And I'm so grateful for the three guests that God has brought sitting around this table tonight. We want to talk about um, the simplicity that gives us consistency from simply reading God's word nothing else god's word and so with that you know what i feel like we're supposed to start with is let's do some introductions and as you introduce yourself would you read the verse that we had talked about for you and i want audience as you're listening today we're going to talk about how reading your bible can be a supernatural experience and it
1: starts with the scripture that you're going to hear us read so would you go ahead and get started sure my name is krista and um, the verse you asked me to read is um, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. So my question is,
0: how does that apply to our topic today of reading through mm-hmm.
1: the Word of God? When, when Christ enters our lives, He makes us a new creation. And he enables us yes. to be able to understand his word, and we feed on that that word. Yeah. Um, the old is passed away; the old man is yes. gone, yes. and we're walking in his new, the new creation he's created us to be. Love that so much.
2: And I'm John, and I'm going to read Hebrews four twelve. For the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart." And for me, you know, you look at a book often and you look at it as a historical document, but just as the writer of Hebrews says, the Word of God is alive and active. It's, It's history, but it's also present and it's also future. And it's also so important that we know these words in this book. And it can seem so intimidating at mm-hmm. times to, yeah. I don't know where that verse is. I mean, we were having a conversation before. Where's that verse from? Yeah. It's okay to not know, yes. but it's also okay to know where exactly where to turn to in times of trouble Yes, and in good times and in bad. So yeah. it is alive and active.
0: One of the things I love, John, that you share often is that as believers and as seekers, when we come to know God, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't. We have to know the one who does, and we have to know tools to help us get to the answers, which is always from God's Word. And then our third guest.
3: My name is Bria, and the verse I'm reading is Second Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And the thing that I think about... Um, Sometimes the word rebuke can be so negatively connotated, but the first part is the God breathed and, Mm -hmm. and the rebuke is not the starting point. So I, I can appreciate how this is, how God laid this out that we're talking about the breath of God and what following John's verse of it being alive and useful for the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And, um, I guess for me, it's, it's not hard to think about my own uh, shortcomings and imperfections. So it's wonderful to have God be the one who is um, giving me what I need for today.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love all of these verses as we get started. There is beauty in rebuke, mm-hmm. isn't there? Have, have you ever mm-hmm. experienced a rebuke? And what is the beauty that comes from that place of correction. What would you say, Krista?
1: There comes closeness. All I can think about is mm-hmm. is when my kids were littler and I needed to rebuke them, discipline them, stop them for something, and I would do that, and it came from a place of love. Yes. And that child who I just rebuked the rest of the day – they were right by my side, Yes. eagerly yes. Yes. wanting to please yes. me. Um, re- relationship was not broken. Relationship was enhanced, if not restored, yes. through that.
0: Yeah. And I love that it comes from that place, Bria, of God breathe. God breathes rebuke mm. as opposed to the um, flesh of the man rebuke. There's two different things oh, going yes. on there, right? Big Romans 8.5. Uh, Those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And I know there's a difference when I'm dominated and when I'm controlled. When I'm controlled, Mm. it profits me much, just like your story. People are drawn in that rebuke. There's a closeness that comes from it. And when I'm off, it pushes them away from me and sometimes can push them away from the Lord. Um, And so there's just beauty in really understanding that. I'm going to read to you the verse that God gave me uh, for tonight that was on my heart. And it comes from um, our last study. So um, everybody's sitting here. We're going to do introductions in a minute, but we just felt like the Lord was having us jump right into scripture. Every person at this table, we are reading through the entire Bible together um, using a vehicle called Salt and Light Ministries. And it's just the ministry gets us to the word. The word is where God pours out his supernatural change in us. So this was one of our memory verses. And just to be transparent, I am reading it because I thought the minute I try to do it from memory, (laughs) I will totally blow it. It says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And I remember sitting in that, it took me a minute, wait, they're diligently studying the scriptures. Doesn't that sound wonderful? But as you dug deeper, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had such an intellectual knowledge. They were doing it. There was a works based mentality that came along with it. They weren't invited, it wasn't getting them. Scripture should get us to the Father. That's the goal. Scripture not getting us to the Father doesn't change anything. So tonight, as we get ready to open this time together, we're going to talk about studying scripture, not for the purpose of knowledge, which can be fleeting, but for the purpose of knowing him, which is eternal. Um, so with that said, I want to give you guys a second to introduce yourself. So um, Krista, tell them a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with Salt and Light. And if you were going to share like a 30-second um reason why you consistently sit in God's word and how salt and light has impacted you as a ministry,
1: what would you say? Um, So I'm, my name is Krista Mullins. Um, My family and I have attended faith covenant for many, many years. Um, I've been a part of salt and light ministries from its inception, inception here, but then also years before that. Um, but that the important part is God has used salt and light to consistently get me into his word on a daily basis. Um, and by being in his word consistently, I see him at work in my life, transforming me and it has nothing to do with me. Yes, yeah. It's him. Yeah. And. The beauty of the Salt and Light Ministries is not only the consistent practice of being in the Word of, the, of God every day, it's coming together and sharing in small groups what God has shown me, each, each of us, and we leave that meaning even richer because we're hearing what He has shown others. And I want to be so clear because that is
0: a beautiful testimony. That is, I would say that that aligns with why God has me um, just staying in His Word and working within this ministry. But this is not a commercial for a ministry because salt and light is just the vehicle. The goal is exactly what you said. It's just a place where we have accountability and consistency and other people coming around us because when we learn in isolation, we can get off track and not even know we're getting off track. John.
2: My name is John Katzenberger and um, I help to lead the men's salt and light groups. Woo-hoo! And, <laughs> <laughs> growing and growing. Um, When my son was born a year ago in March, I decided. Well, about six weeks before he was born, I decided I was going to read through the Bible chronologically for the first time, and so I was doing that very well um, and being diligent about it. And then about six months later, I started Salt and Light, which took up the majority of my time. But my point is very much like you said, Krista. Salt and Light, and it's going to sound bad at first, but stick with me. It gives it, it. there's conviction in it. I know I need to spend the time in it because it's a commitment. Yeah. But it's also something now that I look forward to each and mm. every day. That's awesome. um, whereas when I was reading chronologically, I wasn't really studying the Bible. Mm. I was reading it. And I was reading it in small yeah. chunks. Yeah. But I wasn't taking the time to parse it out, wow. to sit there and say, okay, what does that mean that I just read? Yeah. I've got the story in my brain. I I know the story of Noah now. I know the story of Abraham and and Isaac and Jacob, you know? But I I haven't sat there and really studied that. And I remember when we started in Genesis, I had just read Genesis chronologically, and I had totally new meaning by sitting with a group of men Mm -hmm. who had studied the Bible as well, but we had each studied it in small chunks. And I never would have gotten it out of just sitting down and reading through the Bible. Awesome. So what's proven to me is that I need to sit there and not just read it that's important to yeah. be in the word, but it's also even more important to me to sit and think and dwell and like we, we were talking to, like to dwell in the word. yes, you know yeah. not just read through it. okay, check mark, I'm done. Yes, you know and to dwell in the Lord, just that verb alone to live mm. to to be in it and to let it consume you and surround you throughout the day is the thing I've really appreciated the most.
0: Can I just say that before we got started, we just prayed and we asked the Holy Spirit to just go before us. And John, as you were sharing that, I could just feel the Holy Spirit. Like, that is truth. There is just something powerful about diligently getting in there and parsing and spending time for the purpose of knowing God. And there's a difference, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, there's a difference in knowing God and knowing about God. You want to know about God for the sake of knowing God. But if we ever get caught up in just knowing about God, we miss the point. The point is the relationship. So how you just shared that was so perfectly worded. I loved it. And now it's your turn, Bria. It's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Bria,
3: and I have a little bit of a different uh, group because actually when Mary first asked me to lead this group, I was a little resistant and (laughs) was not sure this was going to work. So I have a small child, and um, I did the Freedom Workshop, which again, I'm trying to remember when this was. It was at least two, maybe three years ago. And... The, the suggestion was tr- take some moms to a playground and then try to do salt and light. <laughs> and I remember thinking, there is no way that is going to work. That just, it's not going to work. How are we going to sit and, and as John just described, parse through God's word with chaos, which is <laughs> what it is to have children at a playground. And so the wonderful thing about, about you, Mary, is you're so persistent in what God (laughs) calls you to do. And you said, but just try it, just try it. And so I had, um, another mom who was willing to co-lead with me and we started very small, um, with four moms total, including my co-leader and I, and I was completely blown away by God. He, made it work, and we're here. you know, Again, I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting the date, but I think it's at about three years later. Um, so as God has um, worked through those logistics, um, there's also this incredible, I, I think the title of our of what we're talking about, the simplicity, simplicity that gives us consistency has been really powerful for me as a mom yes. of a young child and yeah. for all the moms that have come to be part of this group. Uh, the Lord has expanded our our mom groups. We have three now instead of just one group of us. Um, and so I, I instead of um, dreading trying to get to my quiet time because how am I going to do this? And feeling like as a mom, Lord, how, how does this even work? And now saying... Lord, I cannot wait to sit with you this yeah. morning. And yes. and sometimes it's, I have a minute to look yes. at this verse, and later I'm gonna come back to this because yes. of just what's happening. And we've we've talked about this at other times about the progressive dinner. That I think Krista is actually the one who said yes. this. Yeah. That. God can draw us back to his word throughout the day. And yes. it's beautiful as a, as a mom of a young child. Sometimes that's what the day looks like. It's not always so neat and tidy in the morning. Yes. And so it's very incredible how God works in the mess and the chaos.
0: And that's the supernatural. Yes. That's the yeah. supernatural part of it. Because if we tried to plan a perfect park day, mm-hmm. it would never go the way you want it right. to. Right. But God's graciousness in there. And I can't help but give a shout out that um, John Croft is here and he's doing all of our technical and his wife was part of your yes, she group, was, right? She was
3: one of the early, yeah. So when we had those four at the beginning, she was one of them. And now she leads a group and it's just flourishing by God's grace and by
0: By only by him could this even happen. And not only is she leading a group, but John is in a group. And so as a married couple, that they get to have these amazing conversations. And John, you and your Marissa, right, as well, conversations rooted in the word of God. There is nothing more powerful than that because it's so easy in today's modern um, world to get caught up in social media or uh, TV or whatever it is. And our conversations and our thoughts, I'm thinking of the word dwell. I can't get it out of my mind now that you share that. What am I choosing to dwell on and there's just nothing more important than making sure that I am dwelling on the things of God. Our memory verse for uh, Philippians that we are working on right now. Do you? Okay. okay. <laughs> As I start I'm to, not there it's yet. It's funny. Well, well, I say that because he probably is. But there's something about this microphone. It like gives yeah. you amnesia mm-hmm. when you're. St- so it's it's finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is. Just. Good. Whatever is, uh, after
3: just is pure, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Whatever is.
1: Lovely. Worthy.
0: I think we get to excellent by that point. Mm -hmm. Excellent or admirable, whatever your translation is. Praiseworthy. Praiseworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. There's a translation out there and it says, fill your mind with beauty and truth, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That like, if we start there, that dwelling part... So tonight, we're talking about using your Bible and nothing else. So here's a question for my um, guest tonight. Is God's word sufficient? Do we need help, or is God's word sufficient all by itself? John, why do we know that?
2: Well, as, we, as I read in Hebrews, it's alive and active, and it's, um, it's never changing. It's always true. And going back to your point about all we need is the Bible, I am the king of 15 different books in front of me when I'm really doing like, this I've got three different study Bibles, four different commentaries, a couple of like uh, Greek, you know, Hebrew study um, study Bibles as well. But when I'm struggling on a day or when I'm really even more tired than anything, I'll just turn in my Bible and just read mm. the notes below. And the thing I really love about the Bible that I, I'm currently using is I love... The references to other scripture Mm in each verse, yes, yes, and that brings new life to the word. Yeah, and it shows. You know, Kevin did a list when we were starting Matthew of all the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled just by being born, and going back and referring to all those different places in the Old Testament where yeah. you just have read them before and you went, I didn't even realize that was about Jesus. Yes. you know, And I'm, we're reading Philippians right now, and I remember part of it's like, well, that's referencing back to Isaiah. Or when we were in John, he's quoting from Isaiah, and he's quoting from Micah. And I was just getting that out of my study Bible. I didn't need anything yes. else but just that. Yes. And, but that brought new light and new yeah. meaning to the word yes. that I normally wouldn't go for.
0: Yeah, two thoughts I have is, do you remember Lynn Dotto recently said to us, we were all together, and she said, the Bible is the first hyperlinks, Mm -hmm. like when you cross-reference back and forth. So it's so Mm -hmm. true. But what John just said is the purpose of a study Bible, which is different than a life application Bible, and we'll talk about that for just a second. A study Bible is, we're not necessarily going to know, especially if it's your first time or your 50th time reading through the Word of God, how to go and find old and new and put them all together on our own. But man, when, when the, our study Bible takes us to another verse and you start to tie verses together, whew, it is alive. It is active. It is speaking to us. And you get to see that God is consistent. Um, one of the things you just said, John, is scripture always confirms scripture. Hmm. There is never yes. a moment that so that does yes. not happen. And so by using those notes so that we can go back and forth, that makes such a difference. Um, another tool that we use, so we're using our, well, first of all, we use our study Bible. I'm going to stay there for just a minute. And when you're picking out a study Bible, something, somebody many people have asked as they're starting is, do you need a very specific translation? So for us, you do not. All we ask is that you not use a paraphrase. Um, and I'm not saying you can't have a paraphrase Bible to like occasionally add some amplification to what you're reading. But when you're studying, you want to use a full translation. And so um, I'm currently using NIV. I uh, got started with an NLT. I'm kind of... Um, looking at an a- NASB, a girl in my group has, every time she reads it, I'm like drawn to that, you know. Uh, Krista, what do you use for your translation?
1: I use an NIV currently. NIV.
0: Yep, and then John, yours is? I had
2: had the same Bible since I was eight years old. About four years ago, three years ago, I switched to a CSB, yeah. which is fairly new. I think it's the newest translation out there. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about it is they're, they're dedicated to Going back to the original meaning of the word mm-hmm. in the Greek or the Hebrew, and it's not always poetic as poetic as you would get in the NIV, right? But you do kind of get those words that every now and then you go, "Oh, wait, that's what that yes. that word really like resonates here." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so. I want to give a shout out to Terry Magori, who's in my salt and light. <laughs> we did it this morning, and she is trying to read through it in King James. So mm-hmm. let's give her props. Wow! And her word this morning was betwixt, <laughs> okay, which means between but betwixt, So it's like, it's just kind of fun getting to get in there and play. What, um, what the translation I use is NRSV. Okay. But
3: I, I put it beside my NIV study Bible because my, my translation is not a study Bible. So I use them together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. And so let me ask you guys, what is it like when you're sitting around your uh, small group table each week and people have different translations? Is there beauty in it? Do you find it confusing? What is that like for you?
1: I think it's very informative, actually, and there is beauty in it because we can look and compare those words, and it actually gives you a richer meaning yes. and understanding of the idea that's being conveyed. Yeah. I think it's a great way to define words, don't yeah, you? Like I when you're that. trying to
0: define a word, mine might say noble, but yours might say, what is your say honorable? For? Honorable, yes.
2: Oh, just for example, last week in our group in Philippians, um, one of the men read the verse and it said servant and I have bond servant in my translation. Mm. Now they're the same meaning but when you put the word bond on it yeah it adds much much more meaning and when you when you dig into that and start realizing like these people are choosing to be servants of Christ.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yes yeah God has called them but they're also they're choosing to give up their life. they're yeah. choosing to this let this be their only and single goal in life is to spread the gospel.
0: And it changes everything when you look at it from that perspective. And there's
2: many, many instances of that as we're studying. So at first I thought it was a hindrance, and now I think it's a blessing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, it can be a little scary. Shouldn't we all be reading? Is it going to be confusing? But I have not found that to be true. How about you, Bria?
3: Our group has found it to be enriching. And at times where we're memorizing different versions, um, I will hear someone's version and think, ooh, that, Mm -hmm. I just took something away that I didn't get from mine, or vice versa. We'll have a lot of that. And I do, I'm, I was an English major in college. I'm a writer. So words are really powerful to me. Mm -hmm. And what they, what they mean, the definition of words is powerful to me in our postmodern world. Meaning is getting lost, Mm -hmm. especially original meaning. Mm -hmm. So being able to look at words and define them and and what to John's point of looking at the translation and what the original intent of mm-hmm. the author was, um, and we know God is the author and he used people yes. to write these words down. Yeah. And that that process of being able to dig into these words, is yes. um, it's a very
0: enriching experience to be in these groups and hearing the different translations. Mm-hmm. I think that jumps right into the next um, talking point, which is, especially in this world right now, where words are being defined from their original meaning, and they're being um, whole new definitions that are made up, it can be very confusing to a young generation that is being raised right now. So there's something powerful about definition. We were talking just now about using different translations, but we also define our words using an online resource called the Webster's 1828 dictionary, and the reason I share that is because in 1828, the definitions were pretty um, pure and clear to the Word of God, as opposed to dictionaries. Now, sometimes it's not that they're changing it, but they're scaling it down, and it loses its beauty. And I, I be- if
3: I'm not mistaken, it was the first American translation. It from instead of the English, mm. it was the first dictionary that gave American. English, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that it's kind of a neat, um, since we're all Americans here, as far as I know, (laughs) kind of a neat thing to see kind of what the original American dictionary
0: something either John or Bria just shared also when you were talking about that we want to know what is the author's meaning and intention like that is the context That's of right. what we're looking at yeah one of the things I love is uh, we have a gal in our group her name is Tiffany and we were reading through uh, Philippians 1 is it 1 6 um, I'm confident of this that yes. he who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it And it was like just a sight to behold. It so encouraged my heart because she said all my life I have read that verse as um, I am confident that he who began a good work in Tiffany will be faithful to complete it. And she said, Mary, that's so true. That is my personalization. But if I look at the author's intent, what he is saying is to those churches that Mm -hmm. he will be faithful to complete the work being done in the churches of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Mm -hmm. it goes when we talk about Mm -hmm. like you want to look at that original intent and then the personalization. Does that take away the truth that he is that I am confident that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it? No, it mm-hmm. absolutely is true, but my, the work he began in me is all about bringing him glory and the bigger church, the big C church mm-hmm. um, in front of us, and so it's, it's so important to get down and understand what is the purpose and intention that's going on. So Krista, I'm going to ask you, um, what is, how, when you attend to, reading a small chunk of scripture. How is that different than just reading through, like John was sharing when you're doing a a survey read?
1: Yeah, well, great example. So we're reading Philippians. How does Philippians start? It's a letter. It begins the first first day we started our, our study, we were looking at verses one and two of Philippians. Verses one and two of Philippians is like the opening of the letter. I've read Philippians several different times in my life, and every time I would read it, I would fly right past those two verses because yeah, 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 Paul, Timothy, you know, okay. And, and um, so what attending does is attending slows me down. Mm-hmm. It caused me to look at who who is Paul, who is Timothy, who are the philippians yes. what is grace and peace to you mean mm-hmm. and it it slowed down i ended up filling my page with with things i can't tell you what my personalization was i'm sorry i don't have my guide with me but i did have a personalization whereas in the past i would have just totally missed that yeah, yeah. john what's
0: the difference between what Krista's talking about and that personalization and context because we need both Context alone is history, but personalization without context is dangerous. So what's the difference and why is that important to know both?
2: Just using Chris's example, when I was studying that, now I would have cruised right over those first two verses in Philippians I have before. But just using my study Bible alone, as I was reading verse 2, grace to you and peace from our God, the original uh, words, the grace, is actually a Greek word. And the piece is actually shalom in the Hebrew. So here's Paul addressing this church in Philippi, which he knows has both Greeks and Jews in it. And he's using two words. And he does that in a lot of his letters, but that's who he's writing to. He's not yes. writing to, you know, just these people or just these people. I'm writing yeah. to the entire church at Philippi. Yeah. And also using words that describe, you know, God's deity and, yes. and Jesus's deity. So... Um, the context is always important to me, mm-hmm. and I mean, I've mean, i said this before, but it's usually what I start my salt and light studies on. I'm yeah. always trying to remember what exactly is happening on the outer rim and also on the inner heart of the verses that I'm reading. And you don't, going back to the small chunks, sometimes you go, i got 30 minutes today, and I'll just read, I don't know, fi- five chapters yeah. of some book. But if, if you really take the time and you say, no, I'm just going to study this paragraph— yeah. Or these two verses, you can dig in more. you can read the notes in your Bible, you can look at the other um, hyperlink verses. Yeah, and, and go <laughs> back you, to Lynn. it, which help provide more and more insight. So just look yeah. using that example of those first two verses, those are things I never would have picked up yes. had I not stopped to think about the context, not yes. stopped to think about what exactly I'm reading. And that shed new light on it for me.
0: Yes, yeah, that's so true. When we look at what we do on a daily basis, where we're um, praying and then we're reading and we're we're observing Scripture first of all, just observing it. So just relax, not having to do anything, just reading it. And then we go back and we read it again, maybe for revelation, like what's new to me. And then we write and we look at, we define words and we have context of all, and we have personalization. What is the part every day that just so satisfies your heart, Bria? Um, well, <laughs>
3: it's the word itself. I honestly yes. so this this guide that obviously anyone listening can't see it, but it has blanks like a journal would. So yeah. and I know that there are even probably some people that maybe just use a journal instead of this, mm-hmm. but this is helpful because it has a format where you can see the the steps of yes. first we're praying, then we're writing any words from Scripture, from the verses, and it tells you what verses to read each day. So again, the format is nothing special in and of itself, but the supernatural part is that we're getting into the word yes. every day. Yes. And so um, this particular day I'm looking at is Philippians one twenty three through twenty six. And I wrote down some of the verse and then I defined a word and then the context is the third box. And just that word box sometimes as a as a, a student, like I loved school when I was in mm, school, I yeah. loved filling in boxes. Yeah. So that can be a almost a hindrance if you think, oh, I have to fill this in. Mm -hmm. I got to get all the white space out of there, or I'm doing something wrong but God doesn't work the way our school systems work. Right. He, he meets us exactly where we are. And as as the mom group uh, often talks about, some mornings we do not get to, to fill in all these boxes. And sometimes- and it's perfectly okay. And it is okay. Yes. <laughs> sometimes there is a little bit of chaos and wildness happening first thing in the morning, trying to get ready yeah. with, with small children. And so when- either if I'm getting up earlier and my child is still asleep often, that's not what's happening in my home because I am not a morning person. My son is usually up when I'm doing this. And so it is, it is not always a completely quiet environment and God still can speak into that and he can still meet me there. And, Um, When I get down to that last, those last two boxes, personalization and wrap up, um, I get really excited for the first box and the last box. And again, it's not the boxes themselves. It's it's what God is doing. He's showing me his word what he
0: has for me in the word and teaching me more about himself. Yeah. I loved what she said. Pastor Kevin always says that we have to remember that when we are reading through the word of God, even when we're reading about David and Goliath or Paul, they are not the hero of the story. God is. And so the hero of the story is God. If that's true, then the guide is just getting us to the hero. There's nothing in the guide itself. The guide is a tool that gets us to the one and gives us gets us to the one who pours out supernatural truth. It gives us a place of accountability where we get to come to at least for me, to have that every morning. It's a, a starting place every day. But I love that the star of the show is always the Holy Spirit, empowering God's word to speak into me about God's glory. We're going to do a quick wrap up, 30 seconds or less. If you're talking to somebody who is just reading their Bible for the very first time, what would you say to them? What would be a tip you would give them?
1: Before you start reading, I encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to show you what he wants you to see in in the scripture and give him enough time to, to do that. S- yes. Sit and truly let him speak to you. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes.
2: That's great advice, pray. Um, growing up playing baseball, I had a coach, which is kind of funny going back now, but he'd say it takes seven days to start a habit, 14 days to let those that set, that set in in your life, and 21 for it to fully be a habit. Wow. And so I would set a goal and just say, I'm gonna do this for seven days, and then after, and I'm gonna do this seven days straight, I'm gonna make time to do this, I'm gonna, it doesn't have to be overwhelming, it can be 20 minutes, 15 minutes, but then after you get to that seven days, seven days more. And then after seven those seven days, seven days more, and then at 21 days, it will be something that wow. you work your day around instead of you doing the opposite and not having time to do it, so. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a powerful tip. I have never heard that. That is powerful. Yeah. How about you, Bria? I would say
3: the things that were just said, echoing those for sure. And don't do it alone because – and I don't necessarily mean that you have to, like, you know, get a buddy at 6 a.m. to work (laughs) with you. I mean – talk to other believers and say will you keep me accountable will yes. you will you do this too Are, you know if, if you're talking yeah. to other believers that ideally they're doing the same thing and you can encourage one another and that's the heart of a lot of what we do in salt and light is that we're doing this together we don't do this alone because God calls us to the community he asks us to be a part of the body we're not all meant to be the hands or the feet or different yes. body parts he makes us a specific
0: part and he asks us to pair with the rest of the body. Yeah. I pray that you were so abundantly blessed tonight. And I pray that if you have, maybe maybe you used to read your Bible and there's been something that's come along and you've drifted away. I love that you can hit the restart button. God's word says, come to me. And when we come to him, he is faithful to meet us right where we're at. I cannot wait to see you for our next episode. I pray you were blessed tonight. Thank you, Krista, John, and Bria, just for the wisdom and for your experience as you've walked with God and sharing that. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.